This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland and this is The Leader. There's something quite old-fashioned about the government's grand shake-up of the trains. All those private companies on the tracks will still exist, but they'll be operating under a new public body which will set most fares and timetables, sell the tickets, manage the infrastructure and hand out the contracts. It'll be called Great British Railways, which sounds quite familiar, doesn't it? Well, the travel journalist Simon Calder joins me now, where he's trying to get a train at a very busy Clapham Junction. Simon, is this a return to the old days of British Rail, curly sandwiches and all? Uh, I don't know that the curly sandwiches are going to be uh, mandatory, but it basically looks like a 21st century of British Rail with uh, more modern technology and uh, a bit of outsourcing, quite a lot of outsourcing at the moment. In fact, first group had just been given a, a couple of franchises on uh, South Western Rail which is where where I'm shortly about to board a train to Southampton um, and Transpennine. So yes, it's it's basically outsourcing, but with a the, the term is a fat controller who's sitting in an office making sure that it all works, but actually giving quite a lot of control also to um, local areas rather than a civil servant city in Whitehall deciding um, whether a train on a rural line in Cornwall should have a buffet. I think what most passengers want to know when they have this kind of shake-up though, Simon, is will train fares get any cheaper and will it become a more reliable service? Right. Uh, (laughs) Overall, train fares are very unlikely to get any cheaper. That's purely because they want everything to be revenue neutral, or at least that's the overall kind of plan. Roughly, until the the pandemic, um, you and I paid in train fares every year £10 billion. That's roughly sort of two-thirds, maybe 75% in a good year of the actual cost of running the railway. And the government certainly doesn't want the contribution to be any less than that. At the moment, of course, passenger numbers have collapsed, still below 40%. Road use has gone back to 100% of pre-pandemic levels and uh, taxpayers are currently um, spending one million pounds an hour running largely empty trains so the idea is you make tickets smarter partly you do that through technology so that you have lots of pay-as-you-go cards and just as travelers in london are used to the idea that you can um use your contactless card and the system will work out the best deal for you that's going to be expanded um but what the government has absolutely stopped short of is doing what everybody in in the railway industry and probably many passengers would say which is just let's just have a simple system why don't you just have a kind of single leg pricing bit like the low-cost airlines you know you want to go i want to go personally now from um, clapham junction to southampton but I haven't bought a ticket from Clapham Junction to Southampton, of course, because it's far cheaper and perfectly legal for me to buy one from Brighton. 
I love Brighton. I have no intention of going anywhere near there, but I've saved £7.50 because I happen to know <laughs> if you buy a ticket, if you want to go from Clapham Junction to Southampton, you want a ticket that starts in Brighton. It's mad, and that madness, I'm afraid, David, will continue. Well, Simon, I hope your train's currently on time, but the other thing that people want to know about is, is will these delays be improved? Will we get a more reliable yeah. service? Sure, yeah, and, and look, it, it, the, that should certainly happen because effectively everything is going to be um, not not quite nationalised, but everything is going to be coherent. So previously, um, or rather at the moment, I guess, you know, it, there's a train coming in there, I think it's five minutes late. Um, there are penalties for delays and you know, they have to be attributed, particularly long delays. And you know, is it Network Rail's fault? Is it another train operator's fault? You know, what about, was it the rolling stock? Who gets the money? Now, all that's going to go, which is obviously going to save quite a lot of time. And there might well be more focus on, well, let's just get the trains to run on time, shall we? But they're never going to be perfect. Stuff happens on the railways. It always had, it always did with British Rail. Um, it has done since privatisation and things will continue to go, as they say in travel, tango uniform. Now, the Transport Secretary Grant Shapps has been on the television all, all morning explaining what this new system is about. But something else he was talking about, something else he suggested was there might be a review of this traffic light system that we currently have for foreign trips. Do you know any more about that, Simon? Oh, yes. Well, we've all, I've been onto the, the Department for Transport ever since they um, came out with the first green list saying, right, well, that wasn't very good, was it? Portugal, Iceland and Gibraltar. Thank you very much indeed. Can we have some Greek islands? Maybe the Balearics? Um, a little bit of Italy would be nice. And they say the first review is going to be in the first week of June. Now, sorry to be semantic, that means the first to the fourth, probably, Tuesday to uh, Friday or maybe Monday the 7th. It seems to be looking at Monday the 7th. It will take a week, effect a week after that. But what everybody in the travel industry and millions of people with holidays booked, I calculate 5 million of them, what they want to know is, well, um, am I going to be able to go to the Greek islands? Can I go to Croatia? Uh, what about America? That's what they want to know. Um, he's kept his cards very close to his chest today in his media round. Um, but certainly I do know that there are a lot of ministers who are really against any expansion to include the more popular European destinations. It appears only just to have occurred to the government that when I go to Portugal, which I was delighted to do, I'm going to be not just mixing with lovely, well-vaccinated, low-infection Portuguese, but people from France, from Spain, from Scandinavia, from Germany, from all over the place and therefore it might not be a great thing for lots of us to go on holiday but um, I think the direction of travel is still very much towards having people getting on a, a uh, expanding the green list going from amber to green and then maybe from red to amber particularly Turkey I'm just getting on to a ludicrously overcrowded uh, train here um, it's uh, running slightly late there's luggage everywhere hello Coach three. Coach three, yeah, thank you we'll so wait much. For you to give you a bit more oh dear, okay, thank you very much. I'm just being set down here. Thank you. Oh dear, oh dear. Sorry about this. This is very, very exciting. Coach three, I think we are. Okay. Right, that was very nice of her. Sorry about the uh, excitement here. Very nice, uh, lady said there'd be more room. Um, and uh, so uh, I'm now on board the train, which is um, slightly behind schedule, but for goodness sake, it's absolutely packed because. You might think with the uh, schedules not running a full service, there would be plenty of space to um, have uh, plenty of extra rolling stock, but they don't seem to have done it with the um, uh, train I'm now on. So 
an exciting time to be a traveller. Anyway, back to the green list. Yes, it will get better, but it could be very, very slow. And it may well be that we don't get much of a summer in many of those countries. Some old-fashioned live reporting there from Simon Calder. I like that. Uh, Simon, uh, you have a new podcast as well. We're going to be advising people on the latest travel news, don't you? Well, the idea is, David, uh, that, uh, of course, travel has become incredibly complicated. There's more news happening in a typical day in travel, I find, than used to happen in a whole month. And to help people keep on track, I'm just covering the top three travel stories of the day. It will take up no more than 10 minutes of your time, and it's free to subscribe. Simon Calder's Green List. I'm not sure how long the name will stay, but um, I'll keep going as long as there's a need for it. Simon Calder's Greenless Travel Podcast is available on all the major providers. And that's the Leader Podcast. We're back tomorrow at 4pm. Hit your follow button and never miss out on our news, analysis, interviews and features. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.